Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. This week, I'm re-releasing one of my early episodes from 2020. We'll have a brand new episode up for you next week. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, everyone. I'm Caspi Bias, and you're listening to Adulting the Podcast. This show covers all you need to know about how to survive adulthood and life after college. This particular episode is all about student loans after graduating. After college, you typically don't have to start making payments on those loans until six months after you graduate. As time winds down, though, a number of recent grads may be feeling the pressure of paying the money back while trying to find a job. Today I'm joined by a physical therapist in Greenville, South Carolina, and my own cousin, Tiffany Lucas. We're here to tell our own stories and how you can survive the stress of paying off those loans. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Casby. All right, so tell us a little bit about your college debt story. So for undergraduate, I attended the University of Mississippi. When I went there, I had several scholarships that I got that covered the majority of my tuition, my room and board for the fall and spring semesters. There were times where I took summer courses or winter courses, and that was something that my financial aid didn't cover. So when I was at Ole Miss, I did take out a few loans. And this was a transition between, you know, being a high school student where your family kind of supports you and pays some of your bills to transitioning to being a young adult. And so I was taking on a couple of bills myself. I also took those loans to make sure that I was going to be able to cover some of those bills that I was starting to be a little more independent with. I then pursued my doctorate of physical therapy at South College, which is a private institution in Knoxville, Tennessee. At this institution, there were very few scholarships that were offered. And so for physical therapy, there were eight semesters total. And so for every semester, I took out a student loan to cover the cost of tuition for that semester. That's kind of where I got into a lot of my financial school student loan debt. Yeah, you, you don't realize how much of an impact that is officially until after you get out of school. For me, I went to Marquette University for my undergrad degree. I didn't realize how much of a big deal it was at the time, but I had a full tuition scholarship. I ended up going to Marquette for four years and During my senior year, I ended up taking out federal loans just so I could stay on campus because I was a little bit farther away from Marquette than what I would have preferred. And then grad school, there's less amount of financial aid that's available. Starting out in grad school, I started in a media studies program. And with that, I was granted a partial scholarship. After a semester or two semesters, I realized I'd don't want to be in the media studies field anymore. Rather, I want to go more into just television and film and more of that entertainment area. So from switching different programs, I also ended up giving up that partial scholarship. I basically took out loans for two years. Toward the end of my last semester of grad school, I ended up missing the deadline to apply for FAFSA. At that time, since I had missed the deadline, I wasn't even considered a student anymore. I had to somehow find a way to pay to become a student again at the university. Pretty 
nerve-wracking. I was like, oh my goodness, what am, what am I going to do? <laughs> so they weren't federal loans anymore that I had the option of taking out because, again, FAFSA deadline had passed. So I ended up having to take out a, a private loan. And this was through my very best friend, Sally May. Um, <laughs> she's so great. <laughs> Listening to your story made me think of a situation So after I graduated from Ole Miss and I got an acceptance letter to go to South College for physical therapy, it was about four weeks before the semester of PT school was going to start. And I got a call from the dean and he he starts off the conversation and he's like, I'm so sorry. We looked over it and he was like, you have so many psychology credits, but you don't have this specific psychology that you need to get into physical therapy school. And he said, you have four weeks to figure it out. Oh, wow. And that was that was very stressful because not only did I have to find a psychology class that I could complete in four weeks, I had to uh, find a way to pay for it, you know, and, and that we were talking about the FAFSA deadline. FAFSA deadlines already passed for the summer at that point. I was left scrambling to find a class and to pay for it. And so I went down this track of applying for private loans, ran into my friend Sally May. And so it's a terrifying experience to have this path of what you want to do and what schools you want to go to and what you want to do in your career. And it's kind of like you're willing to risk everything to get to that ultimate goal. We all know what kind of hit that takes on your credit or what kind of debt it puts you in, depending on what amount you get approved for. But it was at that point, I was willing to do whatever I had to do to get that class done in four weeks so that I could go to PT school. What things did you learn from having loans after college that people didn't tell you about? I feel like the biggest thing is that, you know, student loan debt is very real. I feel like when you're a student, it's kind of this abstract thing. You get this email every semester that says you have to renew and it's tedious and you go through and you click, 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 and you sign or you get your parents to sign it with you and it's done and you can go to school the next semester. It's not something that I think any college student actually takes the time to read or thinks about the interest rate that's attached to those loans. If I could give advice to myself back then, I would tell myself that these numbers are real. The interest rate is real. Take your time. Look at it. Do you really need it? Do you need the full amount? Can you check out a partial amount? And so that's something that I wish I would have known then. Don't expect to have your first job be your dream job just because you took out a lot of loans. I expected this before leaving school and did all the right things like networking and applying for roles before graduating. But it was eight months later after I graduated that I finally got a couple of job offers, and they were in such areas like corporate America, customer service, etc. Not animation. Most likely, the workforce will also lowball you and not pay you what you expect salary-wise when you get your first or future jobs. After Sally Mae, federal loans, rent, utilities, my phone bill, etc. I had to make some sacrifices like budgeting, not buying whatever I wanted, and having to find roommates. Another thing that I feel like people should know is that you have to pay it back. It's not pretend, it's not this invisible money floating around, you know, it's somebody that gave you money so that you can invest in your career, and it's something that you have to give back. If you look at some of these careers, like being a doctor or even me being a physical therapist, you know, we have to have a license to practice what we do. And our licensure board holds us to paying our student loan debt back. If you default on your student loans, they take your license and you don't practice anymore. You don't make money anymore. 
And even for professions where, you know, you're not held by that licensure board to pay it back, if you default on your loans, you know, it can run into things in your future. You go to buy a house or buy a car or you want to finance furniture, that's something that could pop up if you default on your student loans. Not that it's a scare tactic, but it it made me take it serious when I got out of school. A lot of people, you know, they give you the grace period, whether it's six months or a year after you graduate. And once people start getting those emails, they don't take it seriously or they never read the emails or they feel like, oh, that number's ridiculous. I can never pay that. So they just never invest in, okay, let me make a budget plan and put money towards this. They just kind of let it slip under the rug. And it, it can come back to bite you in the future in more ways than one. For students who are still in school, please file for FAFSA on time. And if you're a recent graduate who is feeling the pressure of paying the money back while trying to still find a job, my recommendation would be to just find any job at this time, like retail, and still try to apply for a job of your dreams along the side. So when that opportunity comes, you can jump on that opportunity. A loan deferment will be something to consider as well if your grace period ends and you still don't have a position. A loan deferment is where you may reduce or postpone your repayment of a student loan for a designated period. But I wouldn't recommend this as it'll only add interest to your amount. You know, if you ever get in a situation where you can pay more for whatever reason, there is an option to go in and apply that extra $100 to just your principal. Because if you just go in and pay it as you pay $300, if you went in and just paid it at $400, that 3% is going to go to the interest and the fees for the institution, and then the rest will go on the principal. So once you pay your minimum amount, there is a way to divide it so that you're putting the extra money you want to put down on the principal and not the interest. Are there any other resources that you would recommend to our audience if they want to learn more about how they can manage their loans after college? Financial Peace University is something that was founded by uh, Dave Ramsey. It's an amazing program. Um, I think it started with his book, which his book is called Total Money Makeover. And basically what he does is he highlights steps to get you out of debt and to stay out of debt. My fiance and I just finished his course back in March. And so once a week, we will go to a class, watch some of his conference videos, go through the workbook. If you have a a strategic way to approach your debt, then I think that makes it easier for you to want to get out of debt and to actually achieve getting out of debt. A good way to sum up kind of all this financial stuff that we've talked about is control your debt. Don't let your debt control you. Have a plan, have a budget, make sure you're making your monthly payments or make sure you're doing everything that you can to not default on any of the debts that you have. And then your debt ultimately won't control you. It won't be that deciding factor in getting a house or getting a car or even starting a family um, if you make sure that you're in control of it and it doesn't control you. Well, Tiffany, thank you for your story and advice to our audience today. And thank you, audience, for listening to this episode of Adulting 101. I'm Caspi Bias. See you next time. I'd like to hear from you all as we continue with season three. What do you want to chat about? Who do you want me to bring onto the show? Feel free to reach out at caspielbias at gmail.com. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit 
Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.